Hello again and welcome to the Lake Learns Together podcast. We are so glad you, yes, you, are listening and learning along with us today. In this episode, we will continue our conversations with PLC shifts and the ideas that we must consider as we continue to build our understanding around professional learning communities. Today, we are happy to have Stephanie Foster, formerly known as Stephanie Majewski, the Executive Director of Region 3, joining us today to explore the PLC shift in the work of teachers. Mrs. Foster, thank you for being here today. How are you? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here with you all. Oh, <laughs> you're so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and this wouldn't be Lake Learns Together without Lainey Obondo, our co-host and the new executive director of Curriculum Instruction and Assessment. How are you, Lainey? Hi, Jake. I'm great. I'm so excited to be here this morning. Okay, so let's get this started. What do you say? Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so our past episodes have focused on a shift in our fundamental purpose and the way we use assessments for learning. Today, we're going to focus on the shift in the work of teachers and what practices we have to embrace to make this shift. So the first one is the idea of moving from working in isolation to a more shared approach, working collaboratively. So Stephanie, what are your thoughts on this idea and why is it important for our district as a whole? Well, that's a great question and it, it's critical to our district as a whole because um, I, I somewhere along the way in college, I think, which was a long time ago for me, I heard a quote that's always stuck with me, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And the sum of our parts are pretty powerful. And if we can all join our collective minds and um, and knowledge, then we are a force to be reckoned with. Um, and I'll just, I'll give you one example of that that I've, that I've worked through over the years. Um, I think it's a pretty cool one. You know, at some point, Amy Cockcroft and Lane and I all worked at Pine Ridge together. Um, Amy was principal, I was her assistant principal, then I became principal, then Lane was my assistant principal. So we've all had some shared time together. Mm-hmm. And um, we joke, and we think we're rather funny, but um, we joke that together we're one great principal. <laughs> <laughs> it takes all one three of, of us. One of my favorite lines, very accurate. <laughs> and, and we joke and we do think we're quite funny, but it's, it's very true. Um, anytime any of us had um, something to think about or a problem to solve or a decision to make, we would just pick up the phone and call or text and and work through it together. And it just was, gosh, I would say it helped us all through so many of that. And we had some collective experience of quite a few years spanning over the same work at the same school. So it was quite beneficial. And we had that relationship of trust to be able to do that. And, um, we had to be vulnerable within ourselves to have that conversation. But I know that we all wanted the best for the students and the teachers at the school. So we always put that in the forefront. Um, And and I think teachers do that as well. You know, when we can come to the table and and share our expertise and think about we're, we're one great team or one great principal, no matter how many of us there are, it really, it's the best thing for our students. Yeah. I love that. I, um, I think my version of you're saying the whole is is greater than the sum of its parts is um, when we get together and collaborate in a room, um, you know, the smartest person in the room is the room, right? Like when we put Mm -hmm. everyone together, we've got all of these different ideas and perspectives um, and experiences to learn from and to be able to grow from. So um, I also think about uh, collective teacher efficacy, right? Which we know that um, we've got research base here that that shows that the effect size is 1.57 when we have uh, people collaborating and collaborating on the right work, um, believing that 
that all students can learn at these high levels and then also coupling that with results. Um, so I, I think about teachers and when they meet um, in their professional learning teams or collaborative teams and you've got, and I know I use this example a lot, but I think it's, I think it's powerful. If you've got a grade level team and, or a department team and there's a, a new teacher that comes in, they, if, if they come in with these brand new ideas that they have, um, but some things that maybe they haven't tried and been able to experience in a classroom yet, um, but the idea itself, you know, might be rooted in research, positive, um, positively uh, received by the group and impactful. And then you also have on the flip side, the veteran teacher who has years of experience, all these great, um, all these great ideas as well. When you put them together, um, as Stephanie said, right, the, the sum or the whole is greater than the, the sum of its parts. And I, um, I've seen that transpire in collaborative team meetings and the outcome there is powerful for students. Yeah, and I think, I think the same of student groups too. I think the same applies when we allow our students to talk and collaborate yeah. together. Some come with different experiences, some are risk takers. Everyone steps into a natural role and, th and that can vary depending on the group right. so it's how we learn it's how we problem solve it's how we get better same for our students because we're all really just learners aren't we the second idea we're going to talk about is around growing in our practices teachers and instead of working to improve what we do on our own we need to have the mindset of being willing to be open with our data and, the, and our practices with our teams so how does this action lead to us becoming better teachers for our students yeah, well, um, that one makes me reflect on my time in the classroom, which I actually miss every single day. Um, I love being in classrooms. It's my favorite. When I was a classroom teacher, I was a French teacher. I was a singleton, as they say, right? I was the mm -hmm. only one in the school. Um, didn't really know another one in the district at the time. And so I, I was in isolation. We didn't have a framework at that time. I would love to step back into that role with what we have now and what we know now and um, and be able to collaborate with other teachers on my campus or even at another school teaching the same content or using the same instructional practices um, because we do have a collective responsibility for our students and, and that would be powerful and I would be so much better to, to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a great point, Stephanie. And so how do we really build and promote that sense of vulnerability and transparency in our educators and in uh, teams as they're working collaboratively together. You know, I've done some, some thinking about that, and I was just in a conversation this week about that. Um, first, I think as educators, we need to take a breath and understand that we're not responsible to know all the things all the time yeah. and, um, and let ourselves be vulnerable. I remember students would ask me a question, and if I didn't know, I would panic. You know, I don't know all the questions. I don't know all the answers to all the questions in the world. So I, I gave myself a break on that, and I think we have to do that. And we come to the table and, and share what we know and um, talk about our data and talk about what, what worked with our students. And, you know, if, if your students were very successful laying on a certain area, I'm going to want to know how you did that. I'm going to know what that looked like in your room. I want to see you do that so that I can learn from you and replicate that in my classroom with my students or watch you work with my students. So um, it is that shared responsibility, and it is it really does go back to 
all of us being better together for our students. So bringing our data, talking it through in our collaborative time together, um, not just in planning, but at the results and next steps and, um, you know, how we're going to intervene on our essential standards. We have to do the work together. Yeah, because data is is data, right? And when we're committed to the same goal of those high levels of achievement for all students, um, I think about the collective commitments and the importance there of really, as part of this process, building collective commitments um, around this area in particular. What are we willing to do? What what practices are we um, willing to offer where we can make data just a transparent part of, of the process and uh, of our work of being better together? Mm-hmm. We all show up doing the best that we can every day, right? We do. Yeah. We, we know we give it our best and, and work very hard for our students, um, but we can't do it alone. And our students deserve our very best. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So the next shift speaks to our focus as a team when we meet to plan. The term PLC light has been used to describe how even though we may be together for collaborative planning, our focus is not always on student achievement and creating higher impact. What does true collaborative planning look like in your opinion? So true collaborative planning would be staying with the four questions of a professional learning community. Um, What do we want our students to learn? How are we going to know when they learned it? What are we going to do when they don't learn it? What are we going to do when they when they have learned it, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so um, right. don't hold me exactly to the questions, but those are the, the meanings of the questions. So it's, it's working through all those questions every time. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of collaborative planning, and then where do we go from there? Does it, you know, do we, do we all go and do the same things outside of the time and then come back with our student results? And I think that we are getting tighter about that as we all learn and grow. Um, what's essential for our students to learn? We have to decide together as a team. What do they What do they need to leave my French class knowing? What is What is just non-negotiable? And then agreeing to teach that, monitoring that with some common formative assessments, coming back, having those discussions in a beautiful world where there are five French teachers in one building. My that would be my <laughs> dream come true. I would love that. Um, so coming back together to discuss those results from the common formative assessment, um, intervening, accelerating, and just always working on all the questions for all the students yeah. and for all of us. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I think um, those four questions anchor us in this work, right? And I, I reflect on my experience um, as a school principal, too, and some of the um, missteps that, that I had along the way um, just in this work. And part of that is just because we were learning, right? right. We, we know this idea of clarity precedes competence, and we start somewhere, and then we, we get better. And as we, as we uh, know better, we do better. Um, so I, I think some of that, it's, it, it, it's not that doing PLC light is um just a bad thing and not okay it's it's not our goal right so if we're starting somewhere that's our starting place and then we grow we continue to refine and and um develop and stay rooted in those four questions um and and i think our our practice improves and uh i think we also have to have 
collaborative teams and, and a school um, that is focused on the mission, vision, values, and goals, right? We have to be anchored in the foundational elements of the PLC process in order for our collaborative teams to understand um, more of the why, like that they've established as mm-hmm. a school um, behind the work and what is, um, what is driving them as a team? What are their goals that they're working towards? Absolutely. And I can appreciate that you said it's not bad work. It's just, you know, where we are is where we are. Mm -hmm. So, but we do have the responsibility to understand and keep growing and learning. Now I'm reading Learning by Doing again right now, actually (laughs) twice, (laughs) in two different book clubs and, um, or book studies rather. And it's beneficial to me. I've I've read it before, but I'm reading it again with the lens that I have today Mm -hmm. in the work. And um, and I'll pick something up, and I'll I'll want to do better. So, right, it's not a it's not a fault where we are now. We're in a we're in a great place. Mm -hmm. It's just continuing to to grow and push that and um, and help each other in that work. So one of my favorite ideas in the shift in the work of teachers is how we must look at the students in our grade level or subject area as our students rather than my students. So what does this change in thinking have the potential to do for us as teachers and for our students as learners? So powerful to say our students rather than my students. All, all the students in the building, all the students in the region, all the students in the district, or all the students are ours. As educators, we have a responsibility to all. So we do have that collective responsibility to call them ours. Um, if, we, if we can get to a place, and, and we're getting to a place, where we have the guaranteed and viable curriculum, the same expectations um, for our students, we offer them the same opportunity. You know, we can end the educational lottery with this right. guaranteed and viable curriculum with our strong collaboration as professionals with our collective responsibility they are ours um they all i you know we care about every single one of them you know look in their eyes they're someone's child it's it's my obligation and my responsibility which i love and think is the most noble thing in the world to to take care of our students they come to us every day dependent upon us so um we do have to share them yeah, I think about this in terms of intervention a lot and that, you know, if as a classroom teacher, if I just didn't do very well with a certain uh, standard and I, I know that a, a colleague did really well, I'm going to want my students to benefit from their expertise. But at the same time, I'm also going to learn from them to improve my professional practice. So the next time around, I don't have that issue as as much or um, it's something that I work on as a professional so so that I improve what I do for my students and then we're all kind of growing together um, through that process and those four questions absolutely adult learning and student learning right so let's wrap up today's episode with some final thoughts. Mrs. Foster, what are you thinking over there? Yeah, well, thank you. Well, I, I appreciate the conversation because it's just always interesting to engage in conversations with professionals. And, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking and reflecting. I, you know, as we had this conversation today, I really started to think about valuing each other's perspective and, and coming to the table together with common results or a common curriculum so that we can have a conversation based on the same things for our students. And until we can come to that table together with a guaranteed viable curriculum, 
essential standards, results from a common formative assessment, and share that with each other, we don't know, we don't necessarily know our, our strengths as educators and our opportunities to learn from each other. So we have to sit at the table and share that information candidly and learn from each other and, and embrace the power in that conversation so that we all can get better. I love that. And I think um, the the work of the PLC process, they talk a lot about the moral imperative of educators. Um, And I think that what you said just speaks to that, right? Like we all want to do our best. We all come to the table, to the profession, wanting to do the best we can for our students. And there is power behind that collaboration when we're also um, transparent enough, right, to, to look at the data and to consider that all students all of our students, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then uh, work towards achieving higher results for them collectively. Well, that's all we have time for today. I want to thank Mrs. Abondo and Mrs. Foster for coming to join us for this episode. Um, thank you and join us next time on the next episode of Lake Learns Together. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor. And if you're in Mitcham, Merton, England, hello. Woohoo! Hello <laughs> from Mitcham.